You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of theparkboard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Ricci, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of the Bark Board. And Jackson, I believe you have had your hands full for the last 24 hours, haven't you? I sure have. Uh, we have the L.A. Bowl, uh, which we can't forget to talk about, even though today's <laughs> just National Signing Day. I mean, big recruiting uh, info going on. But, yeah, as soon as we got back into Fresno, we uh, the grind on recruiting coverage and they even did have official visits during the weekend while the team and all of us were in LA. So the recruiting didn't stop and we've been catching up. And over the last uh, about 48 hours now, we've been tracking the quarterback situation, which has just come to a resolution here as we start the podcast up. So that was the big news there. I've been following that and breaking news every few hours. It seems like on the Barkboard premium board and, now we've got our answer that UCF quarterback transfer Mikey Keene is officially signed with the Bulldogs. We broke that last night for our VIP subscribers. So, uh, yeah, lots to cover. But, uh, yeah, it's been a wild couple of days here for covering everything we've met to today. Absolutely, and uh, we're going to have complete coverage of the recruiting class here on the podcast. But before we can do that, Jackson, we have to we have to mention we have to talk about what the Bulldogs were able to do this uh, past weekend in SoFi Stadium in L.A. at the uh, you know heaven forbid me forget to put his name in there at the Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, uh, L.A. Bowl in Los Angeles where Fresno State took on Washington State and uh, pretty much dominated that whole game, right, Jackson? They sure did. Uh, I mean, right from the start, it only took them three plays to get down the field and score. Um, I mean, the defense was just dominant all day long. They only gave up one score all day. Uh, Six sacks, a safety, I mean, their defense had been playing red hot and the fact that they had two weeks off, including the first week, they didn't do a whole lot of practicing, uh, short notice. I mean, Washington state was down a couple of players, but then there's a bit of the unknown factor as well. But I mean, they played as good as they played all season. And, uh, the last four weeks of the year, they've only given up four touchdowns total. So just a, a very impressive showing by the defense for the entire last four weeks, but this bowl game especially made it a lot easier on the offense. Uh, the offense still had a solid day. Jordan Mims with 208 rushing yards and two scores. Jake Hayner also had 280 through the air and two scores. Um, so it was a, a good way for all the stars to go out on offense and for a defense that could return as many as nine starters to really stamp themselves as being a dominant defense going into 2023. Yeah, and, and Fresno State did their job as as pretty much shutting down Washington State, who, uh, for all intents and purposes, struggled to find any answers for the Bulldogs on offense. Um, you know, just trying to get things going and, and trying to score against Fresno State was no easy task. And Fresno State was swarming all over the field, ended up with uh, by also picking up a safety on one play. Um, you know, the, the Bulldogs just seemed like they were at, playing at a whole nother level uh, on defense for the last few weeks. And uh, Jackson, with this many uh, players possibly returning next season, um, the future looks bright defensively for the Bulldogs, doesn't it? It sure does. Uh, I mean, especially with this coaching staff. <clears throat> I mean, there was questions earlier in the year about uh, what was going on on defense? It just didn't feel quite right, and they really started to click. And now you've really seen the experience of this group. I, I believe I've counted it as 29 NFL seasons and 27 Power Five seasons of experience combined within the defensive staff. So it's no wonder why this group became so effective. It took a few weeks to get there, but now they're there, and, and pretty much everyone's coming back. Uh, the big question is going to be Evan Williams. Will he be back? Um, but otherwise, I mean, the two corners, Carlton Johnson and Cam Lockridge, have been playing fantastic. They're both waiting to come back for one more year. 
the linebacker units back with Lavelle Bailey and Malachi Langley. Uh, pretty much all the D-line except for David Perales is scheduled to come back. And Maurice Norris had a great year at nickel. It'll be great to see him in his second year. So, I mean, pretty much across the board, that defense is going to look very similar next year. And maybe we'll see a couple of additions here in the offseason that proved to be big ones. Um, it was February when Carlton Johnson signed with Fresno State last or earlier this year, and he broke his foot in August. And you know, unless you read Blackboard VIP, you probably didn't know who this guy was. In fact, I, <laughs> I was told that uh, they to make room on one of the cards for the media, he was, his name was actually removed one game because there was so little expectation of him uh, competing uh, with his injury and everything. So, uh, yeah, he he definitely proved to be a big-time addition down the stretch, and we'll see if they add a few pieces here as well. Right now, it's mostly freshmen on defense, but uh, definitely another round of this will come around in January and February. Now, there was a lot of talk um, earlier on in the season that the uh, the defense that they were trying to install, what Coach, Coach uh, Coyle uh, was trying to, to install for the, for the Bulldogs, was a little bit... Uh, too complicated uh, at this level of play. Um, you know, it, it did take a, a few weeks for them to kind of get it uh, figured out, but it looks like the players now have a firm grasp on this defense that has been installed. And if a lot of these players return, it should be a good sign for next season. Now, hindsight looking back, Jackson, they did the right call as the type of defense that they put in there. You know, kind of complicated to learn, but once you get it figured out, very difficult to to score on, right, Jackson? Yeah, they sure did. And not just the base defense that they ran, but the aggressiveness, the different packages, the blitzes they threw in. I mean, they were so aggressive uh, the last couple of weeks. And one play that sticks out to me is that they got Elijah Gates on the field, who unfortunately you know, got injured late in the season. We hadn't seen him play much last couple of weeks. They had one play for him, and what did he do? He blitzed off the edge from the safety position and created some pressure. And then the next play or two was when the Bulldogs got to the safety. So, I mean, they like to mix it up with the personnel, with the packages, with the blitzes. They want to be multiple and play some different schemes. Maybe they'll have the personnel to do it next year, but pretty much stayed in a 4-2-5, but they were able to give different looks and different uh, strategies through that scheme. And it really, the last couple of weeks, we've got Cam Ward and Taylor Green, two decorated quarterbacks, really off balance and uncomfortable. So, um, And just in general, the D-line play grew tremendously from start to finish, as did the cornerback play. I mean, if you can get pressure and have lockdown corners, I mean, that's a luxury not many college teams have, especially at the Mountain West level, and pretty much all those guys are going to be back next year. They Again, they have to find an answer for David Perales, but uh, they do have a lot of options to go to. Now, one of the other things that we have to mention is just how much of a factor that the crowd was into this game, Jackson. It, it, it ultimately turned this, this game into another home game. Uh, from what I can tell, the majority of the, the stadium – was Bulldog fans, uh, and that's something that that proves that uh, the Fresno State fan base does travel and travels really well, um, and so that makes things a lot more attractive in the future uh, if for other bowl games that are in California. If they see the Fresno State has an opportunity, they they might not think twice about inviting the Bulldogs, right? Absolutely, they announced thirty two thousand. I mean, the very large majority were Fresno State fans, at least two-thirds. There had to have been at least 20,000 Bulldog fans there. I would suspect a few thousand more than that, but just a safe bet, uh, at least 20 grand. Um, and I think probably the biggest factor is that, I mean, who else in the Mountain West is going to travel to the L.A. Bowl like that? Uh, we've heard in the past about the Las Vegas Bowl, which was the premier Mountain West Bowl, wanting to take teams that weren't the conference champion but might travel better if, you know, if Boise State was the runner-up or you know, someone that might draw more interest than, say, if uh, Wyoming you know, was in the conference championship a few times. Um, so perhaps down the road, if the wrong team wins the Mountain West, uh, the L.A. Bowl might not hesitate to pull the trigger on bringing the Bulldogs to L.A., knowing that 
the red wave made such a showing uh, it's not going to be come anywhere near being matched by anyone in the conference and it could actually help Fresno State bowl uh, projections in the future um, the other factor is uh, how much they brought compared to the Pac-12 attendee uh, I would imagine other Pac-12 schools would probably bring more than Washington State but I mean the Bulldogs brought way more and I think it did really set a tone. I mean, the whole Fresno State side was filled, the first two decks, and then you've got the Washington State side that was felt like it was just sprinkled in with fans. The Bulldogs come out with all that noise. Uh, they come out and score right away. They get a three and out on defense. I really think the crowd and the hot start really set the tone, and Washington State never had an answer. Yeah, it just seemed like Washington State was always off guard, off balance uh, the entire game. Uh, Fresno State on offense did just enough uh, to uh, to to get those scores in. Jordan Mims had another tremendous night, ended up coming up with the offensive MVP of the game to end his career as a Bulldog, and uh, it just seemed fitting. I mean, he did that the last time. Uh, the Bulldogs were in a bowl game, and he, he decided that he was going to go off once more and uh, and, and take that uh, that belt home with him this time, Jackson. Uh, in, incredible performance by Mims, right? It sure was. I believe career high for rushing yards. And he's had some big games, um, quite a few of them last year when he was called into action in and, and the bowl game, as you mentioned. But I mean, this was definitely his best pure running performance uh, this season, if not his whole career. Um, just really. Led the, I mean, he didn't have to pile up a whole ton of carries to make it happen either. Had a couple of big runs, really gashed the Washington State defense and scoring twice, really uh, punching in some of those drives. So not just him too, but Jake Hayner had a solid day. wasn't enough to be the MVP, but uh, definitely had a great day in his last performance. And guys like Zane Pope, who got a touchdown, Nico Romijo got a touchdown in their last games. And uh, I mean, Jalen Cropper caught some passes, so a lot of star players for the Bulldogs in their finale all uh, got their time in the spotlight. Yeah, and it was it was a great game, a great way to cap off a a, a, a tremendous season. Bulldogs are the first team in FBS history to go one and four and end the season at ten and four. Uh, so. That in itself is a feat. Uh, no other team in college football history has ever been able to do that. Then Fresno State is that team uh, now in the history books uh, of accomplishing something that no other team has been able to do. So a lot of great things happened uh, this past weekend. And now we we switch gears, Jackson. We look now towards Fresno State's future. And that all starts with the the recruiting class. And like I said, you've been busy all night long, uh, not just with Fresno State, but with all the other universities that you also cover. But uh, uh, as far as Fresno State's concerned, it's kept you busy tonight, uh, this past night, hasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely the quarterback situation, especially. Been a lot of uh, rumors going around and um some big name quarterbacks being discussed or no quarterbacks at all, potentially, um, you know, but it did work out where Mikey Keene is now signed with the Bulldogs and that brings the Bulldogs as currently stands up to seven quarterbacks for spring practice, looking to replace Jake Hayner. Uh, you imagine Keene is instantly going to be near the top of that list along with Logan Fife, who was the backup of course this season. Jalen Henderson still around. Joshua Wood as well, redshirted this year. They're going to give him a shot. And Jaden Mandel, the uh, local three-star recruit from Buchanan, is going to enroll early. So, uh, I mean, it, it was already a big story about having to replace Hainer, but it just got amplified with the Bulldogs adding Mikey Keene. From my understanding, this just developed in the last about 48 hours, and the commitment just came in uh, either late Tuesday or maybe even Monday, but was really kept under wraps and was able to get a hold of some of that info yesterday and, and get that to our VIP subscribers. 
Yeah, and there's been a lot of speculation as to what was going to happen uh, uh, with the quarterback situation at Fresno State uh, with uh, so many great quarterbacks in the transfer portal. There was one name that just kept getting thrown around quite a bit by, uh, you know, DJ. <laughs> everyone, everyone was talking about DJ. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, under the radar, here comes Mikey Keene. While everyone's looking at DJ, Mikey Keene slips in there and takes over the, uh, the, the transfer portal quarterback position. And so, Jackson, let's start there. Let, let's start with Mikey Keene. What what is it that you know about him? What's his stats, um, and just how much of a, an in, instant impact could he be for the Fresno State Bulldogs? Yeah, well, you know, I hate to put uh, Jake Hayner expectations on him. That's not my goal by saying this, but if you were trying to find a Jake Hayner replacement, uh, it's hard to find one that's uh, similar as Mikey Keene. Um, Keene, he only stands at five foot eleven. He's not the tallest quarterback by any means, but was always considered one of the best amongst his height range. He was the third-ranked quarterback in 24-7 sports for the 2021 class who was either six foot or under. Uh, Jake Hayner was fifth in his class of quarterbacks that were six feet and under, Um, a guy that did get one Power 5 offer, just like Hayner, from Iowa State, but he chose to go to UCF, which was a team that was just absolutely rolling and going to New Year's Six Bowl games around that time. Um. He has uh, 11 starts under his belt. Uh, He has never technically been the starter. He's always came in as the backup in in reserve, but he's always been very successful. Uh, As a true freshman, he was called in for 10 starts in replacement of Dylan Gabriel, who uh, was so highly regarded that he transferred to Oklahoma uh, this past offseason. But Keen stepped in for him for 10 games. Uh, they went 7-3 and three with Keenan there as a true freshman. He threw 17 touchdowns and 6 picks. Pretty good uh, split there for a true freshman. Uh, passed for 1,730 yards in those 10 games. And, uh, I mean, really led UCF to some success for considering the circumstances. Uh, he led them to a win in the Gasparilla Bowl of Florida that year. Um, so, just a lot of um, intangible shown for a guy to come in as a true freshman and, and handle that role and be very successful. Now this year with Gabriel out, UCF went out and got another transfer. This one from Ole Miss, who they uh, inserted as a starter. So another year for Keen as a, a backup and another year where he did see action. Uh, he got called into the game against Cincinnati, who was ranked uh, number 20 in the nation. Uh, his first appearance all season long, after the starter goes down and he threw 15 to 21 for 176 yards, led them to a 25, 21 victory. He had one starting against Memphis passed for 200 plus yards, three touchdowns, one pick, won that game. And he would come in two more games uh, as well. Finished with six touchdowns and one pick 72% completions, um, 650 yards and one start and, and three more games as a reserve. So the good news for the Bulldogs is that, the way he was used at UCF, he saw exactly four games, which means he did qualify for a red shirt. He comes to Fresno State with 11 starts under his belt and still three seasons of eligibility to play for the Dogs. Uh, I mean, like Hayner, um, a guy that is undersized, um, has some mobility in the backfield, but is not going to run very often downfield, and is just known for having a strong, accurate arm. And a little bit more on Keen. Uh, to go to his pedigree, he was at Chandler High School, one of the powerhouses in Arizona. Uh, led them to a 24-0 and record over two seasons. Uh, passed for 5,000 yards, 47 touchdowns, and I believe it was six interceptions over two years at, um, at Chandler High School as a starter. Just the guy that checks off every box except for height. And if you get that guy at the right group of five school, just like we saw with Painter, it, it could be Uh, something special but still a long way to go a big battle here for the quarterback job in the spring and a lot of hungry bulldogs looking to keep him on the bench this year now it's unprecedented to see this many quarterbacks at fresno state at one time and one can only surmise that um before it's all said and done not all of these quarterbacks are going to be here uh by the beginning of next season um but this 
it doesn't necessarily mean just because Keen is coming in that he's going to be the guy. He's going to compete with everyone else, and if somebody else comes out and just blows him away, it, he could he could very well find himself on the bench watching. Uh, right, Jackson? It's happened before in college football. Right. I mean, even this past year when Matt Robinson committed, we thought he was probably going to be the backup. I mean, he started four games at Illinois, but we just really never saw him factor in. Um, it was always Logan Fife and Jalen Henderson. Uh, maybe this offseason Robinson can make a jump and with a year under his belt in the program and be involved in this quarterback battle. I w- wouldn't count him out by any re- any means, but on paper, Keene would appear to be the heavy favorite, um, but the Bulldogs have had Logan Fife in the system for three years. He's earned respect from some of the team after his four starts. Not so much the first two, but very much so the second two. Um, and you've got Jalen Henderson around still. Joshua Wood uh, has been getting a lot of positive uh, words about him in the behind the scenes while he's been redshirting and leading the scout team this year. So, And I'm very curious to see how Jaden Mandel fits in as a, a true freshman early enrollee. It's been very rare the Bulldogs have had one of those. Um, so a lot of different factors in the quarterback battle, but everything on paper would point to Keen being the heavy favorite. Um, it's just a matter of how he performs this spring and fall to see if it comes to be. Absolutely, and that's uh, that's going to be a battle that everyone's going to be keeping an eye on this upcoming season. And uh, because you mentioned it, uh, the next guy on the list is another quarterback, Jaden Mandel, coming uh, coming from Buchanan High here locally. Another player that you can't necessarily count out uh, as an early enrollee. He could come in and very well make a little bit of noise for that starting position, right, Jackson? Right, Jaden Mandel, I mean, I've gotten to see him play, of course, being local. and very excited about him coming in to join the Bulldogs. Um, he's also a guy that, on paper, I mean, if Keen starts, uh, Mandel red shirts, there's still going to be two more years after Keen's gone that Mandel will still be around. Um, but more immediately, uh, if he is involved in, you know, if he is a factor to start this year, uh, I've been very impressed. He's got very good mobility. He's got um, just a real knack to get the ball off while he's on the move and, and get it far, too. I uh, saw him throw a, a ball on the run that traveled about 50, 60 yards and went for a touchdown against Clovis West earlier this year or came close to it, set him up for a score. Um, so he's got a lot of athleticism. Uh, he was a star pitcher. He could have gone very far in college as a pitcher, committed to the Bulldogs first as a pitcher. Uh, decided to switch towards football. And this is one that the Bulldogs are really thinking they've got to steal because Mandel missed the majority of his junior year with injury, didn't go through the camp circuit, didn't go through seven-on-sevens or none of that between baseball and injury. And the Bulldogs were the first to pull the trigger on an offer. And being a local guy who was really Bulldog-born, Bulldog-bred, a big fan of the dogs growing up, uh, from my understanding, he was even at the L.A. Bowl. Um he, he was ready to pull the trigger and be a bulldog too. Um, so had he had a more uh, normal and conventional process, he might have racked up a lot of offers, but um, he committed to the first one to the Bulldogs back in the March, I believe, and that was pretty much a done deal, closed the door on his recruitment. So uh, we don't have a good picture on where he would have been, um, but he did earn a three-star rating by 24-7 sports, 84 rating, pretty high for a guy that uh, only reported one offer. So uh, a lot of confidence in him, but it is going to be a bit of a challenge to make the jump and compete with the guy that already has started 11 games like Keen has. Yeah, yeah. and so he's going to be, uh, a, a, he's going to definitely be a factor in this one. I've been able to see, see him play a uh, very uh, smart player, very strong player. So he can definitely uh, shake things up once he, he gets in there uh, for the Bulldogs next season uh, in that uh, in that uh, camp. So uh, next player on the board is a, a name that's a little bit familiar and a brother of a recent running back, uh, Ronnie Rivers. It's uh, Devon Rivers, uh, and it's uh, Ronnie Rivers' little brother. So 
the legacy continues at Fresno State with the rivers as the the river runs through through Fresno. <laughs> yeah, that was cheesy. But uh, Jackson, what do you got on uh, Devon Rivers coming into this one uh, and and competing for that running back position? Yeah, Devin Rivers, he, he is uh, much like Ronnie. He's going to be on the smaller side of things as far as running backs go. But for his size, does pack a punch, is shifty. Um, I mean, just think about Ronnie. <laughs> there you've got Devin, a very similar game. Um, he does think he's maybe a little more uh, more of a between-the-tackles runner, per se, than, than Ronnie was at that age. We saw Ronnie in open space a lot early in his Bulldog career. Uh, Devin likes to think he's a, maybe a little more earlier polished than Ronnie was, but probably a little smaller than, than Ronnie was too. So uh, he's a uh, really does fit a lot of what Ronnie did, and the, the next running back we're going to talk about fits uh, what I feel like a lot of what Jordan Mims did. So it's really exciting to see uh, six years later this running back class that looks a lot like Ted Bridge's first running back class in 2017. Um, I do know that while Devin, um, he was another guy that committed to Fresno State early. He had a couple of Mountain West offers, but he did have a few Pac-12 schools and Power 5 schools look his way. Uh, didn't materialize, but um, while we probably rated Ronnie higher, or we, at 20, or well, back then at Scout, we probably had a higher opinion of Ronnie coming out of high school, but Devin had the more active recruiting process, so... Um, there's a chance that he could be everything that Ronnie was here for Fresno State. Devin Rivers, uh, no, little brother of, of, of Ronnie Rivers, from what people have said, you know, is just as good of a running back, if not better. So uh, definitely that's one running back that we're going to have to keep an eye on. He is, uh, if he does come in with all the promise that uh, people are talking about him, could be something special for the Bulldogs, um, and who knows, may even challenge to to get that uh, uh, record back for the most yards for Fresno State, back to the River's name. So uh, we'll see how, how Devin develops uh, in his career here at Fresno State. So next up on the board, another running back uh, by the name of Charles Greer. Uh, he comes out of Concord, California from De La Salle. Uh, a powerhouse school that constantly puts out great players, and Fresno State was able to snag one of the uh, one of those players. And so, Jackson, what do you got on him? Yeah, now he's a little more of a conventional size athlete at five eleven. Um, again, much like you saw the the smaller, shiftier Ronnie Rivers and the the taller, longer Jordan Mims for. His, so many years at Fresno State, Greer brings kind of that Mims factor to the field. Um, he, he's been a solid athlete who has even played some defense, defensive back. He comes from a school that is just a factory for high school football. I mean, it, he said it himself, pretty much everyone at his school before him that he's seen go to college has been successful, and he's expecting to, to break in pretty quickly for Fresno State. He prides himself on his speed, number one. Um, he does have uh, some open field ability as well, even though being a little bit taller and a bigger guy than Rivers, but uh, he feels most comfortable in open space too. Uh, much like Mims, we would see him catch a pass and just use those strides and then get way down the field real quick if there wasn't a defender around him. So um, another duo from the Bay Area. They both bring something very different to the, the running back room, and uh, both have uh, very high ceilings. And um, you know, they they both seem like running backs that can coexist. But don't need to be a guy that has the ball twenty five, thirty times or anything like that. Uh, and they're also guys um, that could come in and carve out a role in the committee too. Now with Jordan Mims graduating, um, it's going to be tough to imagine anyone playing as many snaps as Jordan Pimps had this past year. Um, it might be a little more of a committee and it wouldn't be too big of a shock if one of these two freshmen is involved. Absolutely. You know, having these running backs coming in is definitely going to add some depth at that running back position. Uh, you know, losing Mims, um, 
there was there's been some bright lights of some of the running backs on on Fresno State. However, adding some more blood to the mix, uh, some more depth, uh, couldn't hurt the Bulldogs at this point, and they're bringing in a couple of really solid players that could really shake things up at the running back position. Next up on the line, uh, we've got wide receiver Tim Greer. He is a junior college uh, transfer uh, coming from Ventura, California, Ventura College in uh, in Ventura, California. And this one is a really in a really intriguing player. He had a lot of uh, teams c- coming after him, but he ultimately decided on Fresno State. And so, Jackson, what's the scoop you have on him? So Tim, he is a uh, so Tim Greer, no relation to uh, Charles Greer. In fact, the two Greers are spelled differently. Uh, Tim Greer is G R E A R. Charles is G R E E R. So uh, they do happen to be back to back here on our list, but uh, just coincidental. Um, Tim Greer, he is a taller receiver, about six two. Um, had a very productive year of Ventura College this season. Had seven hundred and sixty four receiving yards for seven touchdowns, uh, forty three receptions total. Uh, just a really important pickup for the Bulldogs, considering everything they're losing at receiver. Jalen Moreno Cropper, of course, on the, heading to the NFL draft. Uh, he did have one more year of eligibility, but it's been assumed all year long that he would be making his jump to the next level this offseason, and he has announced that. Um, Zane Pope, uh, Nico Remigio, and um, Ty Jones, and of course Josh Kelly as well entering the portal. So the Bulldogs have a big hole to fill at receiver, especially on the outside. Uh, Eric Brooks is the one returner, and he's in the slot. So the Bulldogs need some outside possession guys, some height, some size, and Greer checks all those boxes. And comes from uh, Ventura College, where uh, Steve Mashagan, former Bulldogs player and assistant, uh, is over there as the head coach. The Bulldogs have a real nice pipeline there, especially with Jeff Tedford having that connection to, to Coach Moose. Um, so Greer was committed to Utah State after visiting them earlier this month. The Bulldogs were able to get him in on a visit and flip him over to Fresno. And uh looks like it's going to be a, a good fit for both parties. Yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be a, a great fit for Fresno State as they lose a, a multiple key uh, members of the wide receiver core, even though Fresno State was deep at the wide receiver position, adding another player that can come in and help instantly uh, is going to be tremendous for the Bulldogs, especially with the loss of Josh Kelly uh, going into the uh um, the transfer portal. Uh, maybe the Bulldogs are still able to kind of convince him to stay, uh, but adding another wide receiver that can come in and help uh, instantly is is really going to help the Bulldogs at this point. Next uh, player on the line here is going to be another junior college transfer uh, by the name of Jake Tarwater. And of course, he's coming in to help bolster that tight end position. Coming out of uh, Visalia from the uh, from COS, the College of the Sequoias, this is a player that's going to come in and 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 help bolster the the tight end because not only did they pick up one tight end, but I believe they ended up picking up three. Right, Jackson? If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, so this is the first of those three tight ends. And so, what do you got on him? Yeah, so the Bulldogs might be in good shape next season with what they got coming back. Jake Faust had a really good year. And um, Trey Watson, who was injured, if he's not delayed any by his injury, we know he could be a, a big-time receiving option. So they've got two pretty solid tight ends to work with going in, but they do lose a lot. Raymond Powell's the starter this year, graduates. Um, a couple other of the reserves, including uh, Jared Torres uh, and Zach Hartsfield, have, are both moving on. So the numbers are pretty depleted, and that was a big emphasis for them. Uh, earlier this month was the refill that tight end spot and a junior college tight end goes a long way. Tarwater's the interesting recruit because he was actually a quarterback in high school, uh, transitioned to tight end at the junior college level. Didn't put up huge stats, but put enough on film to look like a guy that can make an impact at this level. Uh, six foot four, two thirty, spilled out a little bit. Uh, the guy that probably is more of a receiving option and, 
knowing that the Bulldogs have Jake Faust coming back who's more of a blocker, uh, this is a guy that could possibly contribute and be a player that competes with Trey Watson for some of those reps or is a guy that isn't necessary to fill in if Watson's hurt. We've seen him have injuries now two years in a row in his first two years at Fresno State. So uh, his recruitment really sparked late in the process. Nevada and Troy were both coming after him at the same time Fresno State was, and the Bulldogs were able to get him. He is a local recruit coming from COS, but he's originally from South Lake Tahoe. Um, so it, it was a bit of a battle with Nevada to get him to Fresno. Yeah, and it, it helps that Fresno State was just down the street to to help recruit <laughs> him from COS. So <clears throat> things do uh, do help when uh, when you know the the coaches can just make a drive just down the street and and kind of and kind of uh, rub elbows with these uh, players sometimes uh, in person. So that does help bolster their opportunity to do that. Now next uh, is another tight end, Richie Anderson. Now this uh, this tight end, he comes out of Oregon, something that doesn't usually happen for the Bulldogs out of that state at least. And they were able to uh, pick him up, and it looks like he had other uh, uh, colleges that were uh, after him. Um, he had previously committed to Colorado State and also held offers from Montana State and Portland State, uh, something that the Bulldogs uh, you know, again, are trying to bolster this tight end position, and uh, here they are with a, a, the second tight end of this group. And so, what do you have on uh, on on Richie here? Out of the entire class, Richie's probably the one that comes to kind of the most out of left field. He committed to Colorado State way back in the summer, uh, and he was committed there as a linebacker, and he ranked very highly by twenty four seven Sports as a linebacker. Got an eighty six rating, which pretty much the best or kind of tied as the best in the whole class as far as the high schoolers are concerned. Uh, was right around top 100 linebacker in the whole country. 6'4", 230, big body. Um, but all of a sudden, we find out he's officially visiting Fresno State uh, earlier this month and not just visiting Fresno State, but they want him on offense. So uh, they were able to get him on campus and pitch him on offense and uh, show him what Fresno State had to offer and he was all in for the Bulldogs. So uh, this is a, a really um, high ceiling prospect as far as the evaluations go. Uh, also out of Oregon, sometimes those guys can get overlooked, especially if you're not quite power five level. So you got to get some of the Mountain West schools to get out of their normal footprint to give you a look. And uh, the Bulldogs are, are pretty high on him. So um, we'll see how it works. Um Potentially, you know, he's got flexibility to move back to defense down the road if needed, but uh, they, they really like what he can do as an all-around athlete at tight end. Yeah, and that's something that the, the Bulldogs are, have been trying to do is get the tight end position more involved, and uh, it looks like he, he would be a great uh, way to go as far as uh, to make that happen. Now, next on the line is uh, another tight end, the the third and final tight end that the Bulldogs picked up, and that's Brock Liam um, from Citrus Hills High School in Redlands, California, and uh, looks like another great player that the Bulldogs were able to pick up at six foot five, two hundred and fifteen pounds. What do you got on him, Jackson? Yeah, Liam is probably the most. Um, uh, I mean, he's the most, for me, the most intriguing athlete in the whole class. He was listed as an athlete by 24-7 sports. Bulldogs won him at tight end. He's six foot four, six foot five in that range. And, I mean, you look at his film, his second play, he's running a kickback for a touchdown. I mean, <laughs> well, when do you see the guys that tall and that long on kick returns? Uh, potentially tight ends at the next level on kick returns. Uh, he plays defense. He had three interceptions this year. And he was just a, a dominating wide receiver with his height and his size. More of a receiver at the high school level than a tight end. They're going to um, transition him a little bit. But looks like a, a, a tight end that can come in for Fresno State and be one of those big receiver options. A guy like uh, Jared Rice or a um, Chad Olson, a past Bulldog teams. He's got a lot of those same attributes and could really be a factor for the Bulldogs, both in open space and in the end zone on those jump balls. Uh, he's a, a player that I really like. Might not 
it might take him a while to get to a spot where he's making you know big numbers for the season from start to finish, but he could be a guy that comes in right away and is used in certain situations and certain packages and be a real weapon right from the start, if not just for his end zone catching ability. Um, so he's one of those players that can change an offense if he pans out, and I'm excited to see how it works here. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what the Bulldogs are looking for is game changers, and to get a game changer at the tight end position can really help the Bulldogs in the long run. So with that being said, um, we're going to switch gears a little bit now, and it's uh, getting out of that tight end position and going right into – uh, what the other position of Bulldogs were looking to bolster, and that's the offensive line. And they were able to pick up uh, a couple of players. Uh, the first one uh, is uh, Caleb Barajas, uh, a junior college transfer, and he's coming out of Ventura College as well. And, uh, you know, just uh, just to show that the Bulldogs are, are serious about trying to get uh, the, the offensive line short up. They're going after these JC transfers. And so what can you tell us about Caleb Barajas, Jackson? Yeah, I enjoyed talking to Barajas. He had nine uh, FBS offers from the group of five level. Pretty good opportunities. Um, when I interviewed him about his visit to Fresno State, he was saying, yeah, I'm, I'm all about the Bulldogs. I'm not really looking at anyone else. Uh, I just kind of want to know who the old line coach is going to be before I commit is what the kind of the quote I got from him. Uh, he could have taken other visits. He didn't. Um, the Bulldogs do not have an O-line coach yet officially, but he did feel confident enough to sign today. Um, so, uh, I mean, it, getting junior college players is one thing. Getting them with as many offers as him is another. Uh, he is a tackle at six foot four, two 290 pounds, and a player that should factor in uh, immediately as far as competition goes. It sounds like uh, the Bulldogs may be able to upgrade their right tackle spot, maybe get Raymond Nelson back into the interior, be one of the guards, or have it kind of push him more as a tackle. So uh, I think when um, you know, the Bulldogs don't lose any starting offensive linemen this year, um, but I wouldn't be shocked if uh, there's a new player or two in the starting lineup by the time the 2023 season kicks off. And Barajas is one of those candidates for sure. Absolutely. And that's what the Bulldogs are trying to do is trying to find ways to shore up the offensive line. Uh, That was a position that struggled uh, somewhat this season. Um, But they, it, it, you know, it goes to show you that they are serious about trying to, to shore it up a little bit because not only did they pick up one junior college transfer, they, all, they were able to pick up two, and the next one is Jaden Poulos at a Fresno City College. And, uh, of course, you know, local just down the street, Fresno State was able to, to sway him over other offers like Baylor, Eastern Michigan, Hawaii, UTEP, and, and Wyoming. And so what do you got on him, Jackson? Yeah, Hayden Poulos, uh, so, you know, sometimes the Fresno City prospects are not actually local, but Poulos is. He's from Hanford High. And he grew up going to Bulldog games, watching Derek Carr and watching Devontae Adams. So I always especially enjoy when these particular prospects make their way to Fresno State. Um, he More recently, he's been going to games to see guys like Juju Hughes, who went to his high school, and Tyler Mello, who he was a teammate with. And he was actually even a blocker for Brandon Ramirez uh, when Ramirez was a freshman at Hanford High School. So there's a lot of connections for Polis. Uh, he was not very well known publicly as far as recruiting goes, but it turns out he was very well known behind the scenes with coaches. Um, when it came to his career at Hanford, he was looking very promising and tore an ACL. Uh, ended up going to Fresno City, had a big 2021 season, got some junior college All-American honors, and right before the 2022 season, he tore his other ACL, a couple years removed from the past injury. Uh, before that, it sounded like he was going to be heading to a Power 5 school. He had several interested in him. And um, the way things turned out, uh, Fresno State actually didn't get into the picture till very, very late. And uh, very neat that it worked out. That a, former, or a local recruit that wanted to be a Bulldog got the call from Fresno State, and it's worked out. I'm going to call this Fresno State's biggest gamble in the class, um, you know, when you've got an old lineman that 
has torn each of his ACLs. So you got to be a little bit concerned. But if he does play to his maximum, this is absolutely a power five offensive lineman that has uh, been A, slept on first, and then B, passed over due to injuries. Um, so if he does pan out, I mean, it could be a very, very big difference maker for Fresno State. I talked to Pulis, and he is scheduled to be back to 100% in time for fall camp. Might not see him at spring practice, but um, if he gets back to fall camp at full speed and shows what the Bulldogs are expecting from him, he could very well be one of those starters and be an impact player too. Yeah, that's going to be a long road ahead for him to try and crack the the starting uh lineup but if he's able to do it uh, again I agree with you he's he could be a game changer that the Bulldogs were looking for on the offensive line um, and so uh, definitely one of those that other teams took a pass on but Fresno State is is rolling the dice on to see what happens and if, if he pans out could be uh, the biggest steal that the Bulldogs will be able to to pick up this uh, this recruiting class as far as that is concerned. Now, just because Fresno State had a lot of players returning on defense didn't stop them from making a run at some players. And, of course, the def- defensive line is always a a uh, a position that you kind of have to keep recruiting every single year regardless because defensive line uh, players who are, are really good are rare. Uh, and so Fresno State was actually able to go after a couple of defensive line players. First of which is Mordecai Hines uh, coming out of Palmdale, California. Um, and of course he comes in at six foot six, 275 pounds. Jackson, these guys keep coming in taller and taller. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm shrinking or something here, uh, but he is another one of those high, high touted players. And so uh, what do you got on him, Jackson? Yeah, he sure does. Um, not just tall, but very long wingspan. Um, a, a guy much like the measurables of, of Julius Lewis, who got Fresno State fans really excited a couple of years ago, ended up transferring out. Um, Jason Jacks as well, uh, kind of a similar build on the current team. He saw quite a bit of action as a true freshman this year before being injured. Uh, Hines was a one of the very early commits for Fresno State. Uh, the Bulldogs had to fight to, to hold on to him a little bit, from my understanding. San Diego State offered, but uh, it sounded like some other schools were getting involved late, and the Bulldogs were able to keep him. So that was the one I was probably most concerned about going into today, and they were able to, to seal the deal. Um, it seems like he's really bought into Fresno State, and with that size, I mean, really excited about what he could do on the interior D-line. Um, just looks really solid on film. It, very impactful at his size, especially at the high school level. So, uh, especially when you pair him with the many tackles that the Bulldogs brought in in this previous class, guys like Gabriel Lightfoot and uh, Jacob Holmes and Jacks, who all played this year as true freshmen. Miles Bailey uh, also developing. Got a lot of expectation for him, too. Uh, getting a guy like Hines was a good way to build on what they already did last year. Yeah, this is going to be interesting to watch how this is all going to pan out for the defensive line uh, because, uh, you know, these guys, like I said, they keep coming in bigger and bigger. Now, the next defensive lineman is is Dupre Mendoza. Uh, he's also at six foot four, 325 pounds. He doesn't seem like he misses much meals, Jackson. And uh, so he's going to he's going to occupy quite a bit of real estate on that uh, defensive line. And he's a player that um, had a tremendous amount of offers. And so uh, looks like this is going to be a great pickup for for the Bulldogs. Comes out of Walnut, California um, from Mount San, An- San Antonio College. Uh, so I'm guessing uh, he's a a junior college transfer, Jackson? Yeah, so he is not only a junior college transfer, but uh, he's going to come in at 24 years old. Uh, he, after his senior year of high school, he <laughs> he's had a, a he's very gonna, He's going to have grandchildren before he's done. <laughs> yeah, he had a very productive high school career, but he did suffer an injury late and pretty much thought football was over. And back in 2018, when he was out of high school and the Bulldogs were going 12-2, and two, 
coach Ted for uh, Mendoza was starting his construction career. He, he's been in the workforce for quite a few years, about three years before his brother said uh, he was at Mendoza's brother was at East LA College and said, "Hey, you know, why don't you come out here and give it a shot?" And then it ended up working out where they both went to Mount Sac, and then COVID hit in 2020, which delayed that a whole another year. Um, so Mendoza got back out there on the field in 2021. Uh, mostly played special teams, and then this year he had a, a very productive season uh, for 2022. Had about 40 tackles this year, and you know the Bulldogs they often find tall and long players like Hines or a lot of the defensive ends. They often find the 300 plus pound guys on the interior, but it's hard to find six foot four height with 325 pound size. That's an athlete that Fresno State doesn't get very often, and he's going to eat up a lot of space on the interior. Has enough athleticism, despite that size, to you know be fast and, and get in the backfield too. So, um, this is a, a unique type of athlete for Fresno State, and very curious to see how he's going to be involved. From my understanding, Fresno State wants to use him right away, um, and at least some packages. And the Bulldogs are also bringing back. Most of the tackles from this season, too. So that uh, could be an extra ingredient that gets the defense to another level. Yeah, Fresno State definitely um, is going to have some extra help on the defensive line coming into next season with the addition of these uh, players. Now, uh, continuing on with the defensive trend, uh, Fresno State continues uh, their search to bolster their defense. And this and the next player is a defensive end. Isaiah Chala uh, comes out of Palmdale, California, and he comes in at six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. And it, it seems like he had some uh, Pac-12 school offers and even uh, San Diego State made a run at him as well. And, uh, you know, sounds like a, another great pickup for the Bulldogs uh, heading in this uh, this recruiting class as well. Yeah, uh, he's one that he had offers from Cal and Oregon State had a top three of the, the Golden Bears, Beavers, and Bulldogs. And one that, you know, a couple about a month or two ago felt like you know, one of the Fresno State's involved, but he's, he's probably going Pac-12. He looks like that type of athlete. Comes out of um, San Francisco. i got to update that. Um, six foot five, 250. Uh, has all the measurables and all the size. And um, just a, a really impressive looking athlete. 24-7 sports has him with an 86 rating. And the Bulldogs were able to win him over. Um, he was supposed to come on an official visit during the season. Wasn't able to make it. They still got him for the official visit. And one thing he really uh, emphasized was he loved how the story of Fresno State's team going from 1-4 and four to, at that time, 9-4 and four when I interviewed him. And he said he wanted to be a part of something like that and a team like that and to be around the atmosphere on his official visits to see all that. It just really got him excited about being a Bulldog. And so uh, to get a guy with those measurables that also comes in um, you know, really motivated and really wanting to be a part of the culture. That, I mean, that's a big win for the Bulldogs in itself. But as far as recruiting rankings go, this is definitely a top end kind of a guy for Fresno State. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, another great pickup for the Bulldogs. Uh, I, you know, I I don't feel like there's a weak link in this whole recruiting class so far, Jackson. Um, and and the next player included by the line uh, by the name of a linebacker by the name of RL Miller. Uh, he's a three-star recruit and six foot two, 185 pounds comes out of Palmdale. Sounds like Palmdale's a hot town this season for the Bulldogs uh, as they continue to pick up players uh, from the same high school uh, in Palmdale. And so Jackson, what do you got on, on him? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I going to come from the Bay area. I got to update that one too. Um, he's from San Francisco, Sacred Heart, Cathedral Prep, and he's been committed to Arizona State for quite some time. Uh, Fresno State had been active, um, even when he was committed to Arizona State and before the Sun Devils made a coaching change, uh, the Bulldogs were very active with him. They got him on official visits and thought there would be a chance that they could flip him. And earlier this month, he made the move to decommit from Arizona State and he went in with Fresno State. So, um, I mean, definitely a Pac-12 level athlete. Also has an 86 rating by 
24-7 sports, not that far off from four-star territory. Um, he had other Pac-12 offers too, one from Arizona. And he was an early commit for from Arizona State. So typically a lot of schools back off when recruits are committed. He probably would have had a lot more offers had he not done that. Um, but probably a guy that uh, he might slide in at nickelback. He might be a linebacker. He's at six foot two and 185 pounds right now. So we'll see if he bulks up a little bit more. Or maybe he does fit into that nickel. Bulldogs are a little shorthanded there with Amari Pate moving on to the transfer portal. So um, not uh, no doubt that he's going to make an impact, just a matter of where exactly he's going to fit in at the end of the day. Yeah, he's uh, uh, finding out exactly how he's going to fit is going to be the the key question because he can he can be moved around quite a bit on that defense and still make an impact. So we'll see how that one ends up uh, sh- uh, panning out for the Bulldogs as far as how they're going to use them uh, here in the uh, in his uh, Bulldog career. Now the next player, uh, safety Brandon Ramirez, local local player. Um, I believe, right, Jackson? Yeah, the San Joaquin Memorial. Um, I mean, this one is really interesting, too, because not only is he brought in as a safety, but he had a heck of a year at running back. Uh, <laughs> it would be hard to argue that um, <laughs> he might have had the most productive running back season out of the whole Bulldogs recruiting class. I mean, he was terrific for Memorial. And uh, he had offers, BYU, Colorado, Air Force, and uh, so a lot of schools were looking at him on either side of the ball. So uh, Fresno State was able to, to wrap him up earlier this fall and um, really excited about what he can do. Uh, he's going to come in at safety, but some in the back of my mind, you know, I'm wondering maybe if he might fit in at uh, on offense one of these days. But he's going to come in at safety, packs that punch, downhill runner. Uh, you get that type of explosiveness that he has a running back and put it at safety. Uh, he's a guy that can do some damage. So um, a, a big get for Fresno State locally. He's originally out of Hanford, as we mentioned earlier. And um, uh, a real high-ceiling recruit for the dogs. And glad they were able to keep him home. Yeah, he's definitely a great pickup. He he was uh, instrumental in leading San Joaquin Memorial to uh, through the playoffs this past season. He was uh, lights out, so to speak, for... Uh, for them and uh, so he's going to be a great addition uh, to the Bulldogs uh, and also a, a local draw uh, of for the fan base to bring him in uh, next player on the list uh, we've got Justin Johnson um, and uh, it looks like another six foot two 185 pounds coming in also at safety and and so what do you got on him Jackson yeah, he was another longtime Power Five commit who switches things up here late. Uh, he's out of Inglewood High School, uh, right down the road from where the Bulldogs just had their big bowl win. Um, he was committed to Arizona for most of the, the process. He even had early offers from Michigan State and Florida State uh, with a real high profile recruit early in the process. Things quieted down. He committed to Arizona and that lasted for several months. But late in the process, he decommitted and uh, Fresno State was actually the only new school that really jumped in on him, and it proved to pay off as they got his commitment here. Got him on a visit earlier this month and sealed the deal pretty quick. So uh, a nice scoop for Fresno State late in the game. Um, a very talented safety who had Pac-12 pedigree and um, 85 rating by 24-7 sports. Uh, has height and length and uh, a much different athlete than Brandon Ramirez is, so it's nice to get two different kind of guys. Um, Johnson is going to have more length to cover the field. Ramirez is going to have the speed to cover the field and be get in on the, the running game too with his uh, power and explosiveness. So a nice one-two combo at safety there. And um, yeah, well, I like what the Bulldogs did with the, with the safety unit. Two guys that uh, should really thrive at the Mountain West level with what uh, the resume say. Absolutely. And so the Bulldogs were able to pick up a lot of key players for the future uh, for the uh, their defense. And so uh, only, you know, only seems to make Fresno State's future bright uh, defensively as they still have a really good defense intact uh, uh, heading into next season. 
And and that's pretty much the recruiting class. Now, Jackson, with every recruiting class, there's always a casualty. Uh, there was at least one that I know of that happened this uh, in this recruiting class that ended up uh, changing their mind last minute. And uh, so what, what can you tell us more about that? Yeah, that's Amari Conley out of uh, local Central High School. And, you know, it's always tough to lose the recruit, but for them to be local is a bit of a gut punch. But um, it's not terribly surprising because San Jose State made a move on his brother, Quali Conley, who was a standout running back at Utah Tech, entered the transfer portal. They went ahead and brought him in and said, why not bring in both if we can? Uh, Amari uh, officially visited Fresno State just recently, but uh, ultimately decided to decommit and, and join his brother in the Bay Area. So um, both of them are Central High School grads, and when the Bulldogs and Spartans play next, uh, that'll be interesting to see both of them on the other side of the field. The Bulldogs are now without a cornerback in the class. They also went after a junior college recruit who picked Boise State. So that, that is one area that the Bulldogs need to, uh, to shore up here before February. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a position that they're going to need to kind of address. Um, and I, I have a feeling, Jackson, from now until next season, there's still going to be uh, a few players that are going to be looked at for that position. Um, and the, the Bulldogs are probably going to bring in uh, two or three more players before it's all said and done. Um, and uh, and we'll see what happens as far as that is concerned. Uh, and yeah, Exactly what you thought it was going to be for... Uh, for the recruiting class, Jackson? For the most part, um, you know, may not be done yet. We're still waiting to see if anything else comes in. If it does, we'll talk about it on our next podcast. Um, most notably, um, the Bulldogs have been after a couple of receivers in the transfer portal. Um, chance they get one or two of them today, still waiting. So if that materializes, that would be a, a big deal for the dogs. Um, there's a couple others um, that, that are in play, um, but the ones I'm, I'm mostly looking at would be the, the receivers in the portal, and uh, there's been no word on them as of our recording right now. So there uh, might be uh, a couple more additions, um, but all the commits that we had going into the day uh, all signed that uh, we had written down. Dupree um, Mendoza was one who wasn't public quite yet. He's in. Mikey Keene as well, we had projected, now he's in, and uh, 14 of the others were all, all committed before. So it's a solid day for Fresno State to wrap all these guys up, and we'll see if maybe they get a cherry on top by the end of the day too. Yeah, I, maybe one or two more players before it's all said and done, this, uh, uh, this recruiting class. So... We'll have to keep an eye on everything here. Um, if something uh, uh, should go ahead and change uh, from this podcast, uh, be sure to to keep looking at the uh, barkboard.com where the the latest breaking news will probably be dropped on there from Jackson. So uh, if keep an eye on on the barkboard because things could change still um, after this recording and uh, just. Yeah, if, if you're not a premium subscriber, now, now's the time because you'll get in-depth uh, information on each one of these players. Um, and uh, Jackson typically has all of that over on the premium board. So if you're not a premium subscriber, you're missing out. And so make sure you, uh, you take a look and take advantage of that. Uh, that being said, Jackson, any final thoughts as we get ready to wrap this one up? And also to add, we do have a big signing day sale going on. Uh, it's continuing our 50% off of a year. It only costs $4.48 a month uh, for 12 months. If you'll be a Blackboard VIP subscriber. Uh, about $1.50 less than a Big Mac. Uh, and not only do you get Blackboard VIP, but you'll get instant access to Paramount Plus Streaming, which is another $100 value on top of that you're going to get for free if you join uh, right now during the sale. So... Don't miss that out. Uh, you know, Blackboard VIP members were the very first to know about Mikey Keene. And, uh, I mean, just about all these recruits in this, in this, all the commits in this recruiting class, we had the scoop on between crystal ball picks and interviews. And uh, our recruiting team extended beyond Blackboard at 24-7 sports. That's all over this stuff. So um, uh, this is just the, uh, 
the culmination of what we've been doing for several months on Barkboard with the, the VIP side, and there's going to be a lot of action still to come between now and the February signing period. Expecting the Bulldogs to be more active in the transfer portal as well, and getting a few last junior college players, maybe a high school recruiter too. Um, and before you know it, spring practice will be around the corner as uh, will uh, another transfer portal uh, window in May. That's a new deal for the NCAA. So, I mean, this offseason is going to be uh, jumping <laughs> for several months here. And we've also got basketball coverage and a whole lot else going on. So, don't miss out on it. Absolutely. And Jackson said the key word, a Big Mac. So, um, I think I'm going to have to start <laughs> thinking about lunch, Jackson. Um, but... Uh, yeah, as always, if you haven't done so already, check out the Bark Board. That's where all the good uh, information is at. Um, and uh, no one does recruiting uh, like we do over at the Bark Board. Uh, so be sure you take advantage of that. You'll be you'll be touted as the smartest Bulldog fan amongst your friends because you got all of the inside scoop as far as what uh, Fresno State football is all about. So that being said, um, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at RedWaveReport. Uh, if you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook page and give it a like. Just look for TheBarkBoard.com. And as always, head over to the TheBarkBoard.com where we have both free and premium subscriptions uh, to get all your latest fix on Fresno State Athletics. Um, so that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.